This is episode eight of the Appreneur uh, podcast, and uh, here we are. Uh, this is um, my name is Paul Kemp. Uh, I will be hosting this, and uh, this is a, a hangout that is brought to you with the combined uh, effort of uh, myself. Um, uh, I run the App Guy podcast, and also uh, Chris Bishaw, who's behind Indie iOS Focus Weekly. Remember that Indie iOS Focus Weekly, the best newsletter. Are out there, and also we're part of a community that we run called iOS Stack Hyphen Friends, uh, and that can be found um, uh, if you go to the AppGuy.co and uh, there's a Slack uh, on the navigation uh, channel on the on the top bar. Uh, just click that, and you can sign up. If you're listening to this as a podcast, go ahead, do that, sign up. We have a wait list, and you can get on. Uh, now, the AppGuy podcast is. Um, uh, a podcast that has uh, hundreds now of uh, app founders. Um, we recently had a chat with a guy who went from a dorm room to a $100 million business. And uh, Chris has uh, thousands of subscribers for his uh, newsletter. You can go and sign up at indieiosfocus.curated.co. That's indieiosfocus.curated.co. And of course, we run that Slack community. So uh, let's um, do a one minute intro to us just to kind of keep up to speed with what we're all doing and uh, as um, here we are Chris maybe you're on the far left uh, you could go first so a one minute intro about what you're doing yes uh, my name is Chris Bishore I am an app developer uh, I will be going more full-time indie starting in June I've have several apps on the store I started coding and uh, learning the apps back in 2011 I also curate um, Indie iOS Focus Weekly that comes out every Thursday, uh, as Paul was saying. And uh, right now I'm concentrating on uh, getting some more freelance work and also the launch of iOSStack.com, which is a uh, kind of the site that uh, that the um, Slack group was uh, kind of came from. And uh, we're looking at a launch very soon on that. Um, that's about it for me. Great, um, Rouse. We'll do you next, and then. Um... I guess Rocco can get the idea of what, what this is. So, uh, Rouse, what, what, uh, one minute intro to you and your biggest challenges. So, um, Rouse, I'm the co-founder of Stumble on Stuff, which is a marketplace for buying and selling uh, items locally. We enable buyers and sellers to get their items delivered within 48 hours or within the same day. And my biggest challenges at the moment are connect with um, with people who can deliver goods for us. Um, um, at the moment, we're using sort of Airtasker to to source it out to see how um, how we'll be doing deliveries. So we want to get some regular people that we can trust to to work with us. That so that when we launch, uh, we'll have viable um, delivery. And that's it. Great. Um. Rocco, how does that sound? Do you want to give us a, a one minute about your, yourself and what big challenges that you are facing? Sure. Well, uh, I'm a QA, and in my spare time, basically, I work on indie games, all right? And uh, what I'm doing right now is running experiments to learn about marketing, uh, design, and, uh, and business models, basically. And recently, I just happened to get one of my games uh, featured by Apple, uh, Silent Death. And uh, I think this is going to be part of the, our conversation today because that was um, uh, that's a very personal project meant to be invisible, 
that yet is getting some visibility. Great. Okay, we'll look forward to having a chat about that a bit later in the podcast. Um, hello, my name is Paul Kemp. I'm uh, the host of the App Guy podcast and behind a website called theappguy.co. Uh, I chat to founders, uh, founders that uh, are running startups and uh, are successfully supporting themselves off the App Store. Uh, it's a journey for me. The biggest challenge I have uh, right now is uh, really two. One is that uh, I am looking and seeking founders who are growing their startup and are struggling to uh, get uh, really great developers and designers. And my second challenge is finding apps that are about to launch and uh, they, the, the founder wants to test the app in the wild. So uh, they're the two big challenges that I uh, have right now. Okay, uh, let's see what else is next. Um, <clears throat> I believe it's uh, the, the educational piece, Chris. What yeah, you yeah. You know, five minutes to educate us on something new this week. Well, I volunteered to do this because uh, uh, I just had noticed a, a nice interchange on our Slack group yesterday. Uh, I believe it was yesterday, yeah, between Aaron Birch. He had asked a question. And I'll just read what he had asked, and then I'll read some of the responses. Um, he said, not being able to support myself just off my apps yet, I was wondering what you other people do to fill in the gaps. I usually do contract work, but it's pretty hard to get locally where I live. I've looked at sites like Upwork, etc., but I just can't compete with $10 an hour. So he says, where do you guys usually dig up contract work from? And uh, Christina Moulton, who uh, is a great Swift developer, she's kind of a digital nomad, and um, she had some great responses, and I thought I would kind of highlight some of the sites that she had um, had uh, talked about. She had said, basically, you know, you're not going to have much luck on, you know, like Upwork or Freelancer.com, just for the same reason that Aaron had, had pointed out. You just can't compete with that type of uh, dollar per hour, and you, you don't want to, frankly. Um, she had suggested a few sites, and I'll just name them, and we'll also put them in the show notes. Uh, Crew.co, um, which is a what these sites basically are is they more uh, I guess you could say they more curate the developers that come in there. So you can't just you know start bid you know sign up and start bidding. You have to be um, you have to be approved. In fact, Crew.co is very uh, it looks like they're they're going to only let a certain amount of developers in. Even if you apply and have a great portfolio, you might not get in at that time because they don't want there to be too many projects where there's too many people bidding on, um, or there's too many people bidding on each project and driving the price down. They want to have good developers in there that are that are bidding fair prices. Um, Gun.io is another one that she mentioned that is similar. Um, a couple of these are also uh, basically uh, I know Let's Make Apps.io. Uh, whenever I looked into it, it's one where you can sign up for their free newsletter, and um, in that, I think it's weekly or it might come out every few days, but it basically, they curate the jobs that are out there uh, to display for everybody, and they have a free tier and a pro tier, and it really, the free tier from what I've seen and the one that they, the sample one they sent me really isn't there's not much value in that, but I could see some value in the pro tier. For instance, on the free tier, the first one I clicked on was 
some Craigslist ad in somewhere that just said, I need an app built, period. And that was literally all it said. So there wasn't much that I saw out of the, uh, the free side of that. But in the newsletter, they have all the all these that look pretty interesting, but if you click them, you know, you, you can't get any information about them unless uh, you have a pro account, which is pretty pricey, but I could see it being something that would be worth it. I mean, you know, if you're talking about getting contracts, what's paying, you know, $40 a month if you can get really, really good leads? Um, Let'sworkshop.com was another one that she had mentioned. And um, the other thing that, she, the only other one that she mentioned, and this is more just like a jobs board, uh, she said sometimes she sees good contracts on AuthenticJobs.com, and uh, I looked at that, and there are, there weren't many iOS out there, but there's a lot of variation there. So I could see if you watch that and set up some filters, because you can it's kind of like Google Alerts. You can set up filters on that site where they'll uh, text or email you immediately if uh, if a position opens up in the category or or the filter you specify whether it's by your location, by your skill set, uh, those type of things. Um, one of the other things, and I had, I had joined in the conversation and, and uh, we had talked about, you know, just diversifying yourself and I had talked about the different revenue streams that I have such as my newsletter and, you know, kind of creating uh, content and one thing that I had said um, that I'm looking at course creation books and, and I think to really sustain yourself in, in an indie you have to have the multiple streams, you know, kind of think about what you're good at, what you could teach. Um, you know, what content you could provide, because I, you know, and uh, uh, Dominique uh, piped in and said, you know, there's only a few that can live on app sales today, and uh, he said he works for a company and he builds side projects in his spare time and writes books, and I, I just think that that's a general thing, you know, very few are going to be able to, you know, sustain, uh, you know, an income to support themselves or a family, really, unless you, you know, don't have any expenses, you're young, something like that. So uh, I just thought that was really an interesting interchange on our site, and it really uh, pointed out some uh, freelance sites that uh, I was really interested in. In fact, I got on there and, and have applied to a couple of them. So um, just thought that was great stuff, and that's in our Slack group. So anybody listening, you know, that's a great group to get into because stuff like that is just invaluable whenever you're trying to, uh, to build your business or, or find some answers to, to some tough questions like that. Great. <clears throat> Anyone have any questions about that? Okay. Um, so, uh, Chris, you, do you want to introduce then uh, our uh, guest, uh, Rocco, who I believe is going to do uh, a piece on um, what uh, he experienced getting on the App Store and getting featured? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, Rocco Salvetti, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He, uh, like he said in his intro, he has made a game called Sarah and Death. Uh, I've played it a little bit, and I'll be the first to say that I am not a gamer. Uh, it's probably the only game that I've played this year so far. I just, you know, it's not that I haven't played games. I've certainly spent hours on Dots and and uh, you know, uh, the some of the other games like that. But it's just not something I typically do. I'm more of a consumer. I uh, have to be a little bit with my newsletter, but he has really uh, created a very interesting app. It's um, been featured by Apple, uh, to a bit of his surprise, I believe, but it's very well done, and I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation with uh, Rocco about his journey of how he became an app developer uh, and kind of uh, you know where he wants to go with his apps and with his uh, uh, vision. So I'll just let Rocco take it over here. Thank you. 
Well, you see, uh, the truth is that beginners totally outnumber uh, real gamers. So I'm glad you actually like it because because you're not a gamer. Uh, the thing is, I was in the tube, right, and I was seeing people reading Game of Thrones and books and other people playing Candy Crush. So I was thinking, okay, maybe maybe there is a market in the middle. Uh, let's experiment. Maybe there is a market where I can make a game for non-gamers and then uh, take them on with a real challenge and also some some literature, some poetry. So some some sort of a casual poetry-driven game, all right? Now, the story is a bit odd, though, because this whole thing was born when I was working for a gambling company. And I wanted to show off, you know, so I developed this prototype on, on Christmas time and uh, just a few basic rules, and they liked it. But then uh, uh, I had to leave the company, basically, because they were taking too long to to look into it and decided to invest in it. Now, from here on, I knew I was going to be invisible, so I really could experiment on this uh, poetry side of, uh, of things. Uh, at that time, do you, do you know a game named Monument Valley, maybe? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. That's what strikes you, of you uh, visuals in Monument Valley, and also there is some writing. It's very short. Uh, I don't have, I didn't have the technology to uh, to get that those visuals, so I decided to focus more on, on the writing of this thing. Anyway, I could do that because I was going to be invisible, you know. So I wasn't risking uh, any big money company. And um, so this game basically started for a gambling company, and then it moved on to be a very personal project, of, uh, a game about love and uh, what love was in my past few years. Uh, uh, it was actually targeted to three people, myself and the other, other two friends. And um, there is this Sarah person. Uh, she plays as my alter ego here, and then she became to be also the illustrator. Uh, she did a, a stunning job. And um, the game was inspired also by The Seventh Seal, an old movie uh, from the 50s. So something very niche, basically. Uh, what happened next? I developed the game, I designed it a few times, uh, I started spamming it to, you know, magazines. Uh, I tried several marketing things. Uh, the one that paid back pesto was actually uh, Twitter, writing uh, to, to magazines and, uh, and journalists. Now, the fact that it was such personal thing, actually, was liked by, uh, by some people, by some journalists. And... Uh, I got um, an article on uh, on Kill Screen, which is a, a very big magazine. It's, uh, I was I was stunned by that, and this brought me quite some downloads. Uh, the problem is that I'm getting downloads every day, uh, especially now because of uh, because of Apple. Uh, but this thing was born to be invisible, so I didn't have classical mistake a business model at the beginning, and the whole thing was designed not thinking of a business model. Now, you see, if you want to implement ads in your app or in your game or uh, uh, purchases or stuff like that, you actually need to think about this from the very beginning. So I'm a bit, uh, I'm a bit surprised, basically, uh, by, by the whole thing. Uh, and that's the whole story, really. I mean, I, I, could, I could go in details uh, with the personal side of it, but I don't think you're very much interested in that. No, we're very interested. Uh, Rocco, anyone have any questions? Because that is fascinating. Well, um, I thought I remember hearing that you had taught yourself to program. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. What, what was your uh, short story on that? Because uh, I'm always interested to hear how people got into uh, the uh, the iPhone programming or wh whatever started them in programming. I'm using Unity. So Unity compiles basically for everything on this planet. 
uh, and that makes things much easier. And then as soon as you basically get familiar with the English language, you get that wonderful thing that is YouTube and tutorials. I found <laughs> a great tutorial. You have no idea how, I mean, I, I'd like to link it because this guy did a phenomenal job with uh, teaching people uh, C-sharp coding. I started from there and then I, uh, by making games, being very passionate actually in, uh, of design and development, I got to, to grow, well, to make my own games, my own experiments, and from there also to grow my, my, my career as, as a QA uh, in startups. Hmm. That, that's the whole story, really. finding a very good introduction and then from there moving on. Now, um, as far as marketing goes in the future, you and I talked a little bit beforehand about you know, you're using this app as a, you know, a springboard. It's a, certainly a portfolio type building app, but it's such a personal app. Uh, I think what really has uh, caused its success is just it's unique, and so many apps on the App Store are you know, not, not unique or just there's a lot of money behind them. Uh, they kind of are all the same. So um, I just really think it's interesting that you've built an app, and like you said, you weren't expecting much you know, as far as visibility goes, but now you've got a lot of visibilities. Uh, what are your plans as far as updating the app, or where would you like to take it, or are you just going to leave it more like it is and then use it as a springboard for your next app uh, for promotion and that type of thing? Well, this whole thing basically broke my plans because, you see, I was developing, I'm developing many projects at the same time. And uh, they all have a twist uh, on the common market thing. It's true that everything pretty much looks the same and uh, feels the same while playing. Uh, but uh, this basically is telling me, Rocco, stop thinking about those brain, uh, uh, brainless fun casual games because the market is flooded with them and really try, this, try more this, uh, this personal thing. So uh, here I had, uh, I had a few ideas. I could either... Uh, sell Siren Death, but I don't think it's a good idea because, first of all, I want visibility. I want people to know that the game is there. So maybe I could sell the second part of the game, or maybe I could uh, I could develop uh, another Siren Death uh, and then uh, sell this one, uh, just pretty much like the you know the Monument Valley business model. You actually suggested me to do that, or I could just develop another game. Uh, with uh, many short stories, and you can uh, play maybe the first one with his, his puzzles, and then uh, buy the the other stories. Uh, maybe you can pick the one that you, you feel more suitable for your uh, for yourself. Yeah, I think that your your model or your game really caters to that model perfectly. You know, if you're interested and you like this game. You know, once you complete, and, and you know, you give you give the user quite a bit. You know, that's free. But once they complete that level, they're 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 invested. They want to move on to the next story, like you said. I think that's a really good uh, plan going forward. What do you, what does everybody else think? Well, uh, I would love to know, uh, Rocco. It's a great story. And do you know? Um, are you able to give us a ballpark figure of the number of downloads that you had when Apple? decided yes. to feature you because obviously that's the holy grail is getting a feature by Apple. Uh, it was featured in the UK. Uh, it was a surprise and I didn't prepare the market basically uh, properly so the right screenshots, uh, writing downstream properly. It doesn't look bad but it, that side could have been way much better. Uh, that's just a massive surprise. So right now I'm having like 500 downloads a day on Apple or so, maybe a bit more. Right, 
and that's just from one feature in one store. Yeah. No, okay. no, no. That's that's yeah. That's from only from Apple. Uh, Android uh, depends. Android uh, it goes depending on the reviews. If I get a review, I've got a, I get a boom in downloads. Right. So do you think that the uh, the more impact on downloads was from the journalists that uh, you reached out to and started promoting you, or, or from actually the Apple uh, being positioned as a, a new best new game? I understood. So my idea was like, uh, uh, since everything had to be a test, uh, my idea was like, let's focus on one platform, Android, and uh, get feedback from player there, you know. Uh, and then I got strike on the iOS side, so <laughs> that was um, uh, <laughs> that was confusing. <laughs> well. Uh, next time I'll do better. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that was a, no, you cannot beat, I mean, as far as my knowledge goes, uh, having been featured in the UK actually is bringing me way much, way much many, uh, way many more customers than any other review. Like uh, when I got that post, uh, that um, post, that, uh, what is that, that review on uh, uh, Kill Screen, which is a very big magazine, uh, I got, in total, I think 500 downloads from Kidscreen, while Apple is giving me 500 a day. Right. And, and oh, you, there is actually you, another, yeah. another thing I did about marketing. You might want to know about this one. Uh, it's very odd. At the beginning, I used Giftits. It's a service. Uh, it's a service that can, lead you, that can give you 1,000 downloads. Yet, this, so maybe it's good at the beginning when you when you release a new game or a new app, um, because of course you get a pike at the beginning, so maybe you will get featured better in the in the store later on. Uh, but those are uh, uninterested users or are users that by uh, nature are willing to play your game for 10 minutes and then uninstall it. Uh, I can tell you more about this gift this app uh, if you want to. Uh, okay. Yes, I mean I. Uh, anything that you could give us uh, an insight to? I'm just going to. Um, I've just found the the, the uh, app, so I'm going to share um, the screen so that you can all see uh, where it exists on uh, iTunes. Okay, well, I can I can tell you then what I'm going to do with my next experiment uh, with the, with this uh, GFTS app as well. So uh, I'm developing this casual game, uh, a remake of my first game in, in Unity. People actually liked it. Uh, back then, uh, it was very addictive for some reason, and I'm going to do, to remake this one properly with better coding skills and uh, kick it in with uh, with Giftis. Now, what does Giftis do? It is an app. Uh, every month they feature new games, all right. And uh, if a user of Giftis uh, decides to play your game and he manages to beat some sort of score, you know, something that can be done within five minutes, then they get a reward in Giftis. So they can get back, they can get back to Giftits and uh, invest their their points in uh, in other things. I don't know. Maybe they can get a a five pounds bonus card or something like that. Okay. This way, basically, in a month you get to have uh, one thousand one thousand five hundred downloads, but then they will not stay. Maybe at the beginning it's good because this way uh, you will basically climb the the store faster. You know, the first two weeks are very important. The, the first seven days. Rocco, you've got so yep. many great uh, insights. So I'm hoping, are, are we able to connect with you afterwards? There's a lot to take in, but you're giving away some valuable kind of insight. So is this something you, you're happy to talk about uh, going forward to people that I'm can very happy. Um, I'm very happy. It's just I'm trying to give you everything right now. Maybe maybe it's too much. I've got other 
things on going on. So. Yeah, I think the best way to connect with Rocco might be just in the in the Slack group. You know, because he's uh, participates in that, and and then also just yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Great. Well, that. Um... I love that. I love the fact that just Apple randomly pick you, and uh, we're trying to reverse engineer your success to see if we can emulate that. You know, that's well, the problem, man. I re I read books about these things, and that nothing works really. Uh, <laughs> just I can't. Uh, so, yeah. so, you see, I've had this before. I had um, I was promoting an app called Sticky Nine, and uh, it I was on the store for about nine months with no. Uh, mentioned from Apple at all and then uh, I helped with the launch I got involved um, and it was on product hunt and four days to five days later it was then the best new featured app so someone saw it and must have passed it to the editors who then got hold of it and um, chose it now that that's kind of nice because it shows that Apple are curating themselves you know based on uh, the apps appearing on popular websites, and I'm guessing that's probably what's happened to, in your case. Yeah, maybe. There was a good post. Uh, I had it linked in uh, iOS Dev or uh, Indie Focus Weekly last week, uh, where the creator of a dark room had um, basically gone through how he created Dark Room and how uh, much money he made on it, and it was a very popular text-based game that um, was really big and uh, still generates some decent income, but he has a, a lot of um, insight into getting featured by Apple. For instance, he said things like, uh, if your app is not localized, your chances of getting featured are, are slim. And he talked a lot about cultivating a relationship with Apple and how many times he had to email and all that. And obviously, this doesn't that doesn't fit into what happened with you because I think Apple does it both ways. Obviously, if you are promoting your app and you have a good app, um, you know, sometimes you have to squeak a little bit to be heard. But sometimes Apple is just picking an app that they really like, too, or that they're seeing something about. I think that yours was picked from the journalists that, you know, uh, promoted it, and somehow that got through to Apple. Um, I did have a question, though. Did Apple contact you at all before the feature for any artwork or anything, or did you just find out? Absolutely nothing. Wow. No, so, you know, I, I told you, I, dev, I, I developed the product of this game when I was working for that other company. And actually, who told me was the product manager of that company. He suddenly sent me a message, yeah, Rocco, check out Apple. And, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> so. That's great. That's like getting found out, finding out you got fired from your coaching job on the internet, right? You know, you just, you just wake up and you're like, oh, I'm featured. Well, that, there should be a way that you can uh, prepare yourself a little bit, right? Great. Well, thank you, Rocco. Let's um, move on. And uh, so, the next bit uh, is that we tend to talk. Uh, uh, maybe we could do this within 10-15 minutes so that we can get away uh, early today. Um, I wondered if anyone wanted to just start the ball rolling with uh, anything they've done to help others in the group, or um, if they've got uh, any any uh, value adds. I want to make sure I chat to Rouse. Uh, Rouse, I've got um, maybe a tip for you. Uh, I've been using a service called Parcel, P-A-R-C-L, uh, and uh, they have a lot of um, uh, members on there who, who may be a good target market for you to go after. Yeah, Parcel, Parcel yeah. are they uh, on-demand delivery? 
what they do is um, I've ordered my Amazon Echo through Parcel. Uh, they have um, people based around the world, and if you're trying to order something internationally and uh, oh, yeah. they don't deliver international, then um, and then you basically get these guys who are just individuals to order for you, and they then you pay them and and they order it and send it across to you. So here's my account, and um, I ordered a an Amazon Echo to come and be delivered by um, a guy that I chose within the, uh, the group. So yeah, it might be a good target market for you to try um, or at least have a look at. Oh, great, thanks. I'll, I'll definitely have a look at it. P-A-R-C-L.com. Um, I was thinking, and forgive me if you've mentioned this before, Rules, but um, have you uh, how have you explored using Uber or like Lyft drivers to be part of a distribution network? Have you uh, seen anything, any possibilities with that type of you know market? Chris? Yeah. I lost you there. Um, oh. So, can you please repeat? What I just yeah, I just said forgive me if I've if I you've said this before, but I uh, I was thinking about Uber and Lyft drivers, and I think that there's uh, something going on with them doing deliveries and things like that. I don't know if that's started by Uber or not. And I just remember reading something a few weeks ago about that. I didn't know what your uh, dealings with that type of distribution network were. If you guys had thought of that or been or had used any uh, contacts with that. Yeah, with, it's good that you actually say that because we actually have uh, Uber integrated into the app, app. So there's actually a, a button that you can put in to request someone to uh, deliver it for you via Uber or for you to ride there via Uber. So that's, ah, uh, interesting. So did you work with Uber to, to accomplish that or how did you go about that um, relationship? So Uber has... Um, a write request button um, that you can that they have for de for developers, so you can put it into any app that you have, so that you can have that uh, on demand um, button in your app, and they actually have um, sort of like an affiliate network, whereby like if someone uses Uber for the first time, um, you get like five dollars. That's only in the states though, but it all ends up which is pretty good. Excellent. Yeah, because that would be a good network of people that are already out there that have downtime that um, could definitely fill, you know, that uh, downtime with uh, package delivery. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I just wanted to share the uh, the screen of the Uber button I'm referring to. So this is like sort of the app. Where can everybody see that uh, reflection? Gosh, this... Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh... That's is it reflection? Yeah, that's <laughs> bad. Okay, uh, I'll just. Obviously, we're on a podcast, so uh, just to explain, <laughs> you're holding up, you're holding up your <laughs> app and uh, showing us the Uber button. Yeah, so that's uh, the one at the bottom there. Okay. <laughs> so if you just press it, that, that just shows anyone listening they have to download yeah. Stumble on stuff, or at least <laughs> sign up for a waitlist. <laughs> yeah, sign up to the waitlist, and we'll get to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. He was actually dancing while he was showing that too, just for everybody listening. Yeah. 
Chris, I had something for you. Uh, yeah. the, um, I have uh, just an update on our launch for iOS Stack. And yes, um, uh, uh, yes I think we're going to be um, on with someone who loves the um, loves the concept, and it should be for this Thursday. Excellent. Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready. I got yeah. your uh, uh, suggestions. Um, that might be something to talk shortly about. Uh, I think most of you guys have, have looked at the side. If you haven't, um, you know, just uh, drop a drop a line in there. I'll put the password in the in the uh, in the Slack. But um, I thought the main thing that your contact had uh, feedback had given was, you know, the size of the header. And you know, I think I did the header pretty big. And even if you don't see the site, just imagine, you know, most it seems like most sites anymore, you know, they the big header is a big deal. And uh, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of that. Um, I know, like Startup Stash, which is kind of the mother of all the directory type stack and stash sites. Uh, yeah, there's the header right there. Uh, it's, you know, I tried not to make it too big, but uh, I was thinking that um, I'm definitely kind of on the fence of maybe making it smaller. And uh, what do you guys think? I mean, it, it does cover quite a bit. And, you know, I think there's two, two school of thoughts there. There's the, well, it, I, uh, the feedback said, you know, it's covering up a lot of the screen. It's basically useless. But the other side of that is, is you know, well, that's that's kind of the marketing, the making the site look nice too. So, uh, what are you guys' thoughts on the header? Um, I think it looks okay. It's, um... Yeah, I mean, if you compare that with um, start up stash. They do have a smaller header, but now they're throwing they they throw a huge kind of welcome thing yeah. in there too. That <laughs> kills you, right? But um, if you if you dismiss that, the the other header that I would look at would be something in similar in size to that, and it would be uh, that's the way that they started too. You know, they didn't have the huge you know throw over thing. So um, yeah. I I would say it's okay. Um, well, that, that, but um. You know, for the Thursday launch, uh, I, I don't know if it's. Um, I mean, we're going to get a lot of feedback, and yeah. uh, it's kind of hard to know what to listen to and what to dismiss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, it's but a. I, it's I, a... I did have a, um, a one thing which is um, obviously missing, uh, and it's probably something we need to maybe add later, which is um, a curated list of Slack channels. Ah, very good. I had a couple of uh, a couple of categories. I uh, had also um, a courses that you can purchase, and uh, you know that could be something that we have affiliate links on yeah. uh, to maybe earn a little bit of revenue. But you know, there's some great courses out there on some of the different sites. I mean, like Paul Soltz courses. You've got tutorials, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Chris, so the only thing I, I'm, I'm conscious we don't want to take people's time up with our discussion on this. We are launching on Thursday, by the way, guys. So please do. Uh, check us out and comment and when we you see us on product hunt uh, and obviously don't hunt us <laughs> until um, uh, but uh, uh, this app success is the first one you get to and I was just wondering if we should move it because that's the first one and it has no images um, uh, or for but mm. the, others, the others do and obviously there's no back button as you go through but that's no big deal um, whereas books has a, a nice um, selection of, of images uh, and I, I think naturally you always I'm always inclined to hit the first top left one first. Mm -hmm. 
just to work your way through them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so too. And I've struggled a little bit with that as far as the image go, images go, because it's difficult to find what image you'd want to use on a uh, post, say that you know Daniel Jockett wrote about you know working from home. Um, most sites that in my research will put a picture of his, his you know, the author's face there. Something what like about, that. About um, using it's Pixabay, I use that all the time. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, and I just do things that are relevant, so I'll just hit startup, and then you get, uh, this is pixabay.com, mm -hmm. you get all these nice little images, um, which may be some something relevant to the discussion. Yeah, and I guess my fear is, is that if I put an image on each one of the posts like that, then they'll just look like a bunch of generic images along the side, because, you know, like in the marketing category, let's say, you know, what are you going to put, you know, a dollar sign to the left of every one or a dollar sign on one and a chart on the other and, a, you know, whatever on another. I, I, I don't know. I just don't have a clear, uh, I don't have a clear path of whether there should be pictures on all of them because, you know, a lot of the sites don't have pictures on all of them. And, um, you know, I guess just making it readable where it's something, the picture kind of just breaks it up a little bit and gives some life to the page, you know. Well, we'll hear the feedback on Thursday, but that's a go. It's a go, go, go. Yeah. All right. Really exciting, huh? Sounds good. And we may have a sponsor too, so to be determined. Right. Well, they better get in quick. Um, because they, <laughs> we're, we're, I want one too. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Ralph, want to put your startup? There's going to be um, there's going to be potentially, you know, ten thousand plus um, people visiting this site uh, in 24 hours. So I can imagine, yes. Um, <laughs> People have to rush quickly. Stumble on yeah. stuff just here. Nice little. Yeah, hat. I think the logo will show Sar up. Sarah, Sarah and Death, uh, just there. What do yeah. you think, Rocco? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cheaper the price, five hundred dollars. <laughs> oh, that's cheap. Okay, sign me up. Uh, I wanted to ask Chris, um, I, I meant to ask you before, I had a look uh, last weekend, I wanted to ask, do you have any resources for, um, say, um, share agreements between co-founders and, you know, share vesting and all that type of stuff? Were you able to find anything like that? You mean, uh, you know, from working with somebody, like, as a co-founder, is that what you meant? Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, not co-founders, but I did, I did use a uh, site for my contract freelance work, uh, hmm. gosh, I'd have to look it up. It's a, but they have a lot of documents, and it's it's a kind of an open source document library. And hmm. um, I'll get the link in the show notes. I'll have to look up who I did that through. I might be able to find it if uh, by the end of the podcast. But um, it it had a really good. Um, you can you know it'll actually do the signing and everything, um, and uh, has a lot of good templates in it. That's good. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to have a look at it. If you can post it, thank you. Yeah, I will. Great. Great. Any final thoughts um, before we say goodbye? Uh, I found the name of the site. Uh, it's docracy.com. D-O-C-R-A-C-Y.com. So that's something to check into. I had found it whenever I was looking for my freelance contract, and it had some pretty decent ones on there. Of course, you know, I'm not an attorney and I think they claim they aren't either, but um, some pretty good stuff there. Yeah. Basics. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Nice. Fantastic. 
Okay, that's massively helpful. Um, oh yeah, just uh, uh, I guess another. I've got two things that may actually be helpful to the group and to anyone listening. Uh, the first is that I have come across uh, a good friend of mine has sent me a lovely uh, spreadsheet full of uh, a month's work of uh, curating the best journalists to reach out to, best tech journalists. Cool. Uh, so um, for $1,000, <laughs> I'm just joking. If anyone wants that, yeah, I'm happy to share it with you. So, so absolute gold mine. Uh, and um, I really appreciate getting this. And we're going to be hopefully using it for. Uh, preparation for our launch uh, at some point. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, um, 900 odd tech journalist emails uh, and all categorized. Um, the other thing that may be helpful is uh, I uh, did an export of my LinkedIn contacts and I've been putting those uh, messages out. I think Rouse, you may have uh, got one recently and yeah. uh, the response has been phenomenal, really good. Uh, and my title I used was checking in with you. Uh, which uh, yeah. won a few tests that I was doing. And, uh, yeah, I've been getting a lot of help uh, from people. Just uh, I'm trying to connect to their networks. <clears throat> so uh, just a piece of guidance there, really, uh, for anyone interested. Take your LinkedIn connections, export them, put them into MailChimp, send out a quick test email, get the best one, send it again, and uh, ask for what you need as your biggest challenge, and people will be more than happy to help you. That's interesting. That, yeah, I'd gotten yeah. that email the other day. Yeah, I uh, thought you were uh, experimenting with some stuff like that. Cool. By the way, which service is that, Paul? Uh, you and your friend, the testing apps in the wild. Oh, yeah, it's uh, Fake Crow. Fake Crow. Um, I'm good friends with the founder there. They've been going okay. for um, uh, now. <clears throat> I am seeking founders who want to test their apps. It's really for bigger brands that are worried about any um, uh, negative branding from releasing an app. So for $16,000, uh, they can have a three-week package of um, testing in the wild where you get um, videos of test groups using the app. Uh, it's thoroughly tested on uh, different devices, and um, the, the brand can actually feel comfortable about launching without like um, getting any negative publicity about how rubbish it is and, and one-star reviews. Hmm. That's good. It's a good yeah. service. It's just not for indies, really, because it's so expensive. You say yeah. it was fake crow? Yes. Okay. Uh, Alpa Keka, my good friend there, who um, I've known for a few years, and... Um, he, uh, me, uh, he and I did a deal where we, uh, we, we help help uh, users do this, or help uh, founders. So yeah, anyone listening to this podcast, if you know anyone who uh, is looking to get that app tested and has um, cash to burn, then let me know. Um, I want to take a second and just thank Rocco for coming on and sharing, you know, his app and the the story behind it. Uh, I really think that. The uniqueness of his app is something missing a lot of times in the app store, and I really, I really hope he finds success and uh, keeps, you know, keeps the unique apps coming. Thank you very much, also, for um, giving me the opportunity to learn more about my weak side, which is the business and marketing side. Very good. You Thank don't you. seem to be doing too bad, Rocco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing is luck, one thing is skill. Uh, there is a bit of both here. 
<laughs> marketing is difficult. Well, yeah. this, we would love to, you know, if you come want to come back anytime, we'd love to bring you back into the group. And uh, thanks for sharing the uh, great content. Thank you very much. Um, okay, guys, um, that's it for the show. I will uh, hit the end and uh, see you over in Slack. See you later. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.